a lot of the patients I talked with who turned to medical marijuana for help weren't turning to medical marijuana because of its benefits or the balance of risks and benefits, or because they thought it was a wonder drug, but because it gave them control over their illness. It let them manage their health in a way that was productive, and efficient, and effective, and comfortable for them. To show you what I mean, let me tell you about another patient. Robin was in her early 40s when I met her. She looked, though, like she was in her late 60s. She had suffered from rheumatoid arthritis for the last 20 years. Her hands were gnarled by arthritis. Her spine was crooked. She had to rely on a wheelchair to get around. She looked weak and frail, and I guess physically she probably was. But emotionally, cognitively, psychologically, she was among the toughest people I've ever met. And when I sat down next to her in the medical marijuana dispensary in Northern California to ask her about why she turned to medical marijuana, what it did for her, and how it helped her, she started out by telling me things that I had heard from many patients before. It helped with her anxiety. It helped with her pain. When her pain was better, she slept better. And I'd heard all that before. But then she said something that I'd never heard before, and that is that it gave her control over her life and over her health. She could use it when she wanted, in the way that she wanted, at the dose and frequency that worked for her. And if it didn't work for her, then she could make changes. Everything was up to her. The most important thing she said was she didn't need anybody else's permission. Not a clinic appointment, not a doctor's prescription, not a pharmacist's order. It was all up to her. She was in control. And if that seems like a little thing for somebody with chronic illness, it's not. Not at all. When we face a chronic serious illness, whether it's rheumatoid arthritis or lupus or cancer or diabetes or cirrhosis, we lose control. And note what I said: when, not if. All of us, at some point in our lives, will face a chronic serious illness that causes us to lose control. We'll see our function decline. Some of us will see our cognition decline. We'll be no longer able to care for ourselves, to do the things that we want to do. Our bodies will betray us, and in that process, we'll lose control. And that's scary—not just scary. That's frightening. It's terrifying. When I talk to my patients, my palliative care patients, many of whom are facing illnesses that will end their lives, they have a lot to be frightened of: pain, nausea, vomiting, constipation, fatigue, their impending mortality. But what scares them more than anything else is this possibility that at some point. Tomorrow or a month from now, they're going to lose control of their health, of their lives, of their healthcare, and they're going to become dependent on others, and that's terrifying. So it's no wonder, really, that patients like Robin, who I just told you about, who I met in that clinic, turned to medical marijuana to try to claw back some semblance of control. How do they do it, though? How did these medical marijuana dispensaries, like the one where I met Robin, how do they give patients like Robin back the sort of control that they need, and how do they do it in a way that mainstream medical hospitals and clinics, at least for Robin, weren't able to? What's their secret? So I decided to find out. I went to a CD clinic in Venice Beach, in California, and got a recommendation that would allow me to be a medical marijuana patient. I got a letter of recommendation that would let me buy 
medical marijuana. I got that recommendation illegally because I'm not a resident of California. I should note that. I should also note, for the record, that I never used that letter of recommendation to make a purchase. And to all of you DEA agents out there, <laughs> love the work that you're doing. Keep it up. <laughs> Even though it didn't let me make a purchase, though, that letter was priceless because it let me be a patient. It let me experience what patients like Robin experience when they go to a medical marijuana dispensary. And what I experienced, what they experience every day, hundreds of thousands of people like Robin, was really amazing. I walked into the clinic, and from the moment that I entered many of these clinics and dispensaries, I felt like that dispensary, that clinic, was there for me. There were questions at the outset about who I am, what kind of work I do, what my goals are in looking for a medical marijuana prescription or a product, what my goals are, what my preferences are, what my hopes are, how do I think, how do I hope this might help me, what am I afraid of? These are the sorts of questions that patients like Robin get asked all the time. These are the sorts of questions that make me confident that the person I'm talking with really has my best interests at heart and wants to get to know me. The second thing I learned in those clinics is the availability of education. Education from the folks behind the counter, but also education from folks in the waiting room. People I met were more than happy, as I was sitting next to them, people like Robin, to tell me about who they are, why they use medical marijuana, what helps them, how it helps them, and to give me advice and suggestions. Those waiting rooms really are a hive of interaction, advice, and support. And third, the folks behind the counter. I was amazed at how willing those people were to spend sometimes an hour or more talking me through the nuances of this strain versus that strain, smoking versus vaporizing, edibles versus tinctures, all, remember, without me making any purchase whatsoever. Think about the last time you went to any hospital or clinic and the last time anybody spent an hour explaining those sorts of things to you. The fact that patients like Robin are going to these clinics, are going to these dispensaries, and getting that sort of personalized attention and education and service really should be a wake-up call to the healthcare system. People like Robin are turning away from mainstream medicine, turning to medical marijuana dispensaries, because those dispensaries are giving them what they need. If that's a wake-up call to the medical establishment, it's a wake-up call that many of my colleagues are either not hearing or not wanting to hear. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the I Am Cannabis Sativa podcast. I'm your host, Cannabis Sativa. If you're currently a medical marijuana patient and want to tell your story and be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me at IamCannabisSativa at gmail.com. Feel free to hit me up on Instagram at IamCannabisSativa. Feel free to check out our official Twitter account at IC Sativa Podcast. You can also check out and subscribe to our podcast on Anchor FM, iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Music Store, Pocket Casts, and other platforms like it. Please rate and review us on iTunes as rating and reviewing us will bump up the pod on their algorithm and put this podcast in front of even more eyeballs and spread this project throughout the United States and hopefully the entire planet. If you like what we are doing, please become a Patreon and support us. We plan on doing big, 
things with our humble little projects, such as going to trade shows, visiting other MMJ or recreational states, doing on-field, and doing on-field work. By supporting us, it helps us to keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting, and equipment, and travel. You can do this by going to anchor.fm slash podcast slash support. So as I've been saying the past week, past even two weeks, I've I've been feeling out of sorts for quite a bit of time. And um, I've, my, my insomnia has started flaring up again. My migraines have been flaring up. And on top of that, my arthritis has been flaring up. So the past two, three weeks, I've been to my, I've been in and out of my doctor's office to try to resolve this. And, um, and it just really hearkens. And the experiences that I, I, I experience getting to my doctor's office, going to my primary care doctor's office, really, it really highlights and really underscores why I, I, I continue to be a medical marijuana patient. So when I saw my primary care doctor, I want to say last week, I, I talked about my insomnia and my migraines and they gave me maybe like, they gave me like a fifth, like 15 day supply or, or gave me a, gave me like a half supply of, of, of headache medicine to sort of quash my headaches. And then and then I, I used that and, you know, that helped to a certain degree. But then, it, you know, they, they started flaring up in a big way again this weekend. And um, I had to go to my doctor again. And um, I told my doctor that this is getting out of control. And um, so he he's going to, he referred me to a neurologist and to, um, to, to get like a referral to other specialists that can help with the issue I'm experiencing to help sort of quash these flare-ups, you know, I'm, I'm experiencing these flare-ups right fucking now, you know, and what my doctor said when he issued the referral was, um, that, that, um, it's going, it's going to be a couple like weeks until they can book it or a couple of days or a couple couple days a couple weeks till they can book it and then um the first referral appointment is just going to be a consultation so it's I'm, i'm not even gonna get the treatment i need then i'm gonna have to wait weeks for this flipping consultation and i'm gonna continue to experience headaches and can and and to be debilitated and to experience debilitate debilitating symptoms when I have things to do I, I I work I work a job I I work for a living you know I've had to miss four days of work in this in, in the past couple of months I mean the past few weeks four f four days and the way my job works out is that if you don't like you get a certain amount of, of money per pay cycle to make the making all your shifts on time but if you, but I, I, but since I've been there for two years, I have, I, I've accumulated sick days, but even if I use the sick days, which I've been doing, you know, I lose that sort of, um, retainer fee that my, my place of employment gives me that $125, um, um, money that I get off the bat just to make, just for making all my shifts. So it'll just get... So my hours for a given week when I'm sick will 
it'll still be all the I'll still get paid for all the hours I worked but I won't get that additional 125 so my paycheck even 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 when you count the sick days and the sick hours being used my paycheck goes down substantially when that happens and um, I'm, I'm, I'm given less to sort of pay my bills and to pay rent and you know, that, that's not an expense that stops being an expense, as, as any adult that has been in the real world knows. But the reason I, I sort of bring that up is that, um, like, the, the American healthcare system is a joke, you know. Like I said, I have to go to a consultation, and then I'm going to pay a $20, $30, whatever amount copay for that special, for that consultation, and then... And then I have to go again, and this whole process can take months. To 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 take months while I'm I'm sick and I'm missing days right effing now, you know, because of the bureaucracy of of the American healthcare system. I have to wait months for the specialist appointment, and I have to wait a long time, and I have to go through way more suffering to go through to to, to get the the relief I need, and I have to go through all these gatekeepers that um prescribe prescriptions and they're you know my primary care doctor you know doesn't want to prescribe me certain prescriptions or whatever like like i feel like like all doctors have certain have have their preferences of what men of what prescriptions they think are best and they sometimes let this bias sort of cloud their ability to treat their patients and to be objective like they're like like I mean, I understand some doctors don't want, like, don't want to prescribe some some dangerous prescriptions and have their 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 patients get addicted or overdose, and then they're liable, and you know, and then you know they can get fired, they can get sued, whatever. You know, I I, I do under I am empathetic, I am sympathetic to that viewpoint, but you do have to look objectively as a doctor and listen to what your patient is saying. If a patient is saying that the particular prescriptions you gave them weren't effective or didn't do the job as 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 intended you should be receptive to that and you should listen to the the, the patient's suggestion to a degree you know it should be a two-way relationship and sometimes i feel with my doctor i i have a one i feel like it's a one-way relationship that you know they they're the arbiter and you know they have certain prescriptions that that they only a certain list of only a certain handful of prescriptions they feel comfortable prescribing for any given condition, and if you ask for something outside that, you know they're gonna be like, could you could you suggest something else, or they're gonna keep prescribing you something you said didn't work for you, or something you said had bad side effects. I feel like that's what my doctor is doing, but I I mean I do appreciate the fact that he gave me a referral, but. Again, this referral, I mean, I'm going to have to wait months to be able to, to get treatment by this doc, by this referral doctor and see this neurologist. It's going to take time for this to happen, you know, and and this brings me to why I did. I, I put that eight minute clip of, of the um, TED talk by that doctor. Um, this isn't the only time this clip has been invoked um, when when I did that Doctors That Get It episode with the lecture from Dr. Mukasey from the the um, the CEO of Garden Remedies and the owner of, of that dispensary, she was talking about cancer. She was talking about medical marijuana. It was very productive. And she's a doctor that 
that from that lecture if you haven't listened to it i recommend you do there's a gold mine of information that that you can get from her expertise but um but you know it's that but you could tell like from that lecture if you haven't listened to it i i recommend you should but you can tell that she gets it you can tell she sees she sees the frustrations that are that patients have with the american healthcare system you know the referrals the co-pays you know the oh you have to you have to you have to go in for a consultation with your with your specialist they can't do squat that first visit but then you then you got to spend money again weeks later just for them to be able to do squat and that that whole process drags out for several months you know when i was still using only traditional pharmaceuticals to treat my insomnia i went through that exact process you know i would go to my primary care physician they prescribe a certain amount of things that they feel comfortable prescribing you know and you know it's sort of their way or the highway with what drugs they'll throw at you you know and even if those drugs give you side effects you're not comfortable with it or don't work you know some it feels like they're not always respective respect they're not always respectful of that and that really gets under my skin but you know it just it, it's just a night and day experience to medical marijuana because when i go to a medical marijuana dispensary as i've been doing for 3 years i can if i can i can talk to the the bud tender like the doctor like the doctor said like the doctor in that cold open said i can talk to them for an hour or whatever they they're they're so patient they're willing to spend 30 45 minutes with me and discuss which strains work which strains have which terpenes you know um which one which one will be the best for a particular thing and i can i can i can pick their brain for up to an hour sometimes like when i went to do get my um 420 seal cannabis one of the dispensaries i go to which is like among one of my among my favorites you know i have like three three dispensaries that i i think you know stand out com compared to all the other grass Massachusetts dispensaries but when i went for the 420 sale um two days ago it like the the bud tender like he's like it was like my third or fourth time going to that place and um i think three out of the four times i've been he was always there and whenever i would ask him questions like he had a he had like a surgical knowledge of he had he had a surge he has a surgical knowledge of of the strains and um you know what terpenes they have and i love i love going to that dispensary and and picking his brain on it and you know if we talk and we decide on a strain that will work for my insomnia and then i try it and it doesn't work there's no harm no foul because i can I can just go that very next day. I don't have to pay a copay to to the medical marijuana dispensary. I don't have to go. I don't have to have a. I don't have to pay some consultation fee copay, and get diddly squat in medical marijuana that first visit, and then the second visit, get what I need, and then I don't have to wait once to do that. I can do that within the matter of days, or I can visit a dispensary. That same day, if my if my my wallet permits, you know. Medical marijuana puts you in the driver's seat, compared to traditional pharmaceuticals, you know. You don't have to you don't have to get a ref I don't have to get a referral to get 
to go to my favorite dispensary. If I'm like, oh, um, Mendo Breath didn't really work for my insomnia. Um, could we could we try um, uh, Power Touch instead? And you know, I and they'd be like, sure. Um, and then they dispense the product. I I pay the fifty dollars for the for the eight that it is, and then I'm on my way. I don't have to. I don't have to go to the doctor. Go to my primary care doctor, pay a $10 or $20 or $30 or $50 copay, have them say, oh, you know, I'm going to put you to a referral. And then they they have to do a consultation with you first. And then once that consultation's over, then they can actually dispense medicine. I don't have to do that with medical marijuana. I'm in the driver's seat. I'm the decider. And if I, if I have a couple of strains from a dispensary and and those three or four strings didn't work for me, I can go to another one. You know, I don't have to set up a prior appointment with them, you know, and I don't have to be on some waiting list or whatever. Or if I haven't been to a specific dispensary in a, lo- in, in, in a long time, for example, and um, I, I'm starting to feel sick and, I, and they have a strain I want to check out, I can just drive my car to that dispensary and then pick out the strains they need. You know, I don't get I don't get um, dropped as a um, patient and then have to call back a month or two later to get on the waiting list to be a patient from that doctor again. You know, I'm, I've been put in that I've been put in all these situations over the course of one day today. You know, it really shows how broken the medical system is. Med- the medical system can take cues from 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 these dispensaries like this doctor said in the beginning clip you know it's unacceptable that when i when i'm a sick and suffering person and i'm going through a debilitating illness i have to be put in some sort of i have to go to some consultation appointment that isn't going to help my illness and then i got to pay i got to fork over even more money weeks later the copay and then and then see that doctor and then get maybe be prescribed something that helps and if that doesn't help, if what that referral doctor gives me doesn't help in that month or whatever, I got to wait another month to see them. And then we got to try something else. And then I have to go to the pharmacy and then get that prescription filled. You know, it's such a convoluted process. When you're, when you're a medical marijuana patient, you are in the driver's seat. Like, I mean, I, this 420, I picked up Mendo Breath and Animal Cookies. And if I find that those strains don't work... You know, I can just go to that dispensary, like, today if I wanted, or after I'm done, after I'm done shooting this podcast, you know, as long as that dispensary is open at their hours, I can go to them and be like, hey, this, this, you know, kept me relaxed, but didn't induce sleep. And then like, oh, okay, no harm, no foul, no harm, no foul, we'll just, we'll just put you on, we'll just try something else, let's try, let's try Power Cush, let's try, um, Let's try uh, Girl Scout cookies or um, banana kush or whatever, you know, and then they'll they'll be will they'll be very patient and willing to talk with you on on other things that will work. But with this current medical system and with most doctors not educated on on the endocannabinoid system, it's just another healthcare story, you know. It's just it's another healthcare horror story of just doctors just like I see why people get second opinions and people you know, don't really trust doctors. I don't like going to the doctor's office or, you know, some people, you know, in states that have medical marijuana have just been using that as their prescription, 
You know, like if you're in California and medical marijuana has been around for 23 or, or so years, you know, you could have gone those 20 some years without going to your doctor and just going to your local bud tender, or your local guy and just being like, hey, this this um, white widow didn't really work for my chronic pain. Let's let's try wedding cake instead. And you don't have to you don't have to schedule some appointment with the with the dealer or with the dispensary. You can just go up front and, and, and pay for it if you have the money to pay for it. And and that's what these doctors and that's what the medical system and big pharma just don't get. You know? We're sick of these gatekeepers. We're sick of this bureaucracy when we're sick. You know? Medical marijuana treats so many different things and the best part about being a patient is that you're in the driver's seat as to how this happens and, and how you get treated and what you, you take and what you, what you don't take, you know, no, no, no prescription or no, no strain is off limits to, to you because a doctor or some gatekeeper says you can try any strain you want in any dispensary you want. You can try any tincture you want. You can try any, um, pills you want. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to go through your doctor gatekeeper and, and the doctor can't, and, and a bud tender can't just say, no, I don't, I don't particularly like this particular strain, so I'm not going to prescribe it to you. I'm only going to let you have, I'm only going to let you have one gram of it because I say so or whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean... This is why I guess this is why I wanted to do this episode. I just wanted to share another healthcare horror story, another American healthcare horror story, and I just wanted to talk about why you know medical marijuana and just the medical marijuana industry is 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 outfoxing doctors these days. And if if doctors want to stay relevant, you know, in twenty nineteen, they really they really need to take they really need to you know decrease bureaucracy and they really need to be more receptive to the needs of the patients and not just throw whatever they feel like throwing just because of their own biases if that makes any sense um we're approaching almost 26 or 27 minutes i don't want to keep this i don't want to ramble on too much longer um i guess this is all i have to say about this topic as always, stay medicated, my friends.